0: Welcome back, Jimmy B and TC here. It's time to talk with Wolfgang, as we will talk with him. A lot of Hawkeye talk, certainly, and always a little bit more as we bring in Wolfgang here today. Wolfgang, Iowa 4-0 over in their European trip, and not a whole lot of resistance over on this track. They didn't find one of those good club teams over there. Uh, four straight blowouts.
1: Don't you think that's a little disappointing? It I is, mean, if you're, yeah. you're going to go all the way over there, you want to be tested a little bit, especially with the problems that Iowa has had over the years closing close games out. I would have, I mean, I want to see was it last year, right? Didn't you bring up we player Was it the year before that we played uh, Pierre Pierce's team and we lost to them? Mm-hmm. I believe on the buzzer was it was it him that hit the game winner?
0: I don't remember that part of it. I, I don't, but yeah, they they played his team. There was a kind of a hubbub that started up because of that, which he, you can understand. They didn't know he was going to be a part of it. He was. They lost that game. But it was a tight game, and, and that's what you want to see. That's why, as we talk about the PTL, you don't want to overreact. You know, There's always parts of mm-hmm. it that you can glean out of it, but you don't want to go too deep into it. And the same thing here. And, and we start at the top with the play of Luca Garza. Luca Garza's numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. So he averaged just a shade under 19 minutes a game. He averaged... Yeah. 22.5 points, 10.3 rebounds, had three assists, blocked three shots, six steals, shot 34 of 48 from the floor, 71% from the floor, and also 81% from the free throw line. Oh, beautiful. Even hit a three-pointer for good measure. Luca Garza, the hype train, is rolling along right now. People are pumped up about this kid, as they should be still, uh, to expect anything quite like that, uh, let's slow down a little bit on that heat train.
1: Yes, we got to slow down. Obviously, two freshmen, but he looks calm, cool, and collected out there. The free throw percentage I absolutely love. And if you're looking up efficiency right now and wondering what the definition of that is, there's a picture of Luca Garza <laughs> under efficiency because I love that. I love guys that get it done in short minutes and short stints. Um, there's been a little bit of back and forth on Twitter and the message boards, What? Shall we expect from Garza this year um, a true center? I think John was going back from centers all the way back to the early '90s and comparing what's fair for us to expect out of him. Obviously, there's no way in heck we can expect what we saw. But just reading some of the quotes, seeing some of the clips, you know, obviously what we see is strong. Is nice hands. He's physical. He knows how to use his body. Body. I told you I was a little bit worried when he goes up against some bigger guys um, that are in front of him. Is he going to be able to, to get to the basket? And I'm Fran saying that he's. I think you know how he does the hyperbole. He said something to the effect of, "He goes through guys better than almost any big guy I've ever had before in my life." Is that? Did I read that right? Do you remember that quote?
0: I, I don't. I didn't see that one, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I get a kick sometimes out, out of out of the comments that we get from Fran regardless this is a kid that is ready to play and in a front court that you know there's a couple of things that you need really to me having the scoring ability of luca garza the ability to use both hands effective around the rim those are all good things to see the rebounding numbers were very impressive to me over 10 rebounds a game in 18 minutes i don't care who you're playing against that is good good work there but more importantly if he can be that big, buddy, big body, the rim protector, he's not going to be a shot blocker. He's not going to be a guy that puts up the numbers of an A.C. Earl or things like that. The game has also changed from the time of A.C. Earl. But what he can be, as much like Adam Woodbury, as a defensive presence in there, big body, good size, knows how to play the position, that is important for a team that really struggled defensively.
1: Yeah, and he's got a bigger... Um... I loved Woody because of his intensity on defense and kind of the quarterback pointing people out. I loved, you know, him screaming at guys, you know, in a good way. You know, get there, you got to get there. I always enjoyed that part of him, but you know, he wasn't much of a shot blocker. He had we kind of made fun of his arms. His his wingspan was absolutely ridiculous for a seven-one guy. I think I saw Garza's a seven-three wingspan. Does that ring a bell?
0: I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't remember ever hearing a number personally. No.
1: Okay, but yeah, if he could start seeing, and he seems like a smart guy, seeing where the offense is coming from, the picks, um, the shading on all that ball screen stuff out front, he can be big, and a rim protector is what we need. I can't believe he's not going to get that many minutes, Um, and now we're hearing rumors. I heard somebody say this. I don't think it's possible. I think Rob Howell may have poo-pooed it or somebody else uh, poo-pooed it about maybe Pemsel, Red shirting because of this injury stuff and maybe just getting him healthy. Um, that would help with the minutes thing, but I love Pensel. Right. I loved his game last year. I love his attitude. He's the guy, he doesn't lack confidence at all. He's the guy that, uh, Charles Barkley always says there's plenty of guys that pretend like they want to fight and go on the, you know, on the court and they're all just, no, they're wimps. There's very few of those guys. He looks like he's one of those guys along with Cook. So we got two guys on our team that can be intimidating to the other team. Now you have Garza, a room protector. Um yeah, I think the ceiling is the limit, but I would tell people to lower their expectations because it's it's not going to be that. We all know it's not going to be that. That's why I'm disappointed they can't scout and get some better teams that would actually... Because you've seen over the years, we've gotten a little bit better at a trend, but I did an article over six years, seven years, whatever. the I think it was games under five points or six points, and it was just pathetic, and I believe we've gotten a little bit better over maybe the last couple of years. I haven't done the math on it, but it seems like we have. But that's huge. And the more opportunities that you get to play in close games, even if they don't matter, even if they're overseas, even if they're in the PTL, to see how you react to that stress, to that, oh, my heartbeat's going big. Let's take a deep breath here and shoot the free throw. Let's, uh, you know, let's call a timeout. Let's drop a play. Should we do that with a, with a younger team? I don't know. I believe so uh fran seems to think that uh he doesn't like the other team setting up their defense and that hurts worse i understand if you believe in your players and you bring it down in the transition you think you can get a good uh play out of it but i also think as a coach you gotta earn your money and maybe he's earning the money in practice and getting the guys to understand what's a good shot at the end of games and what's not but we've seen over and over again man and at some point maybe it's time to change your philosophy on that
0: yeah, no, you're 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 right on on that one. More good, Isaiah Moss, averaged twelve and a half points per game. Most importantly, hit twelve of sixteen three pointers, seventy five percent from downtown. Uh, he's a guy that certainly has a lot of ability. Shot it pretty well at times last year. We talked about the numbers, what thirty six, thirty seven percent last year, right in that range. If that can go up to even forty percent, but only two free throw attempts. And the reason I bring this up, as good as this team is, as much depth as they have, especially up front, they don't have a guy that you feel confident with breaking down, getting to the rim off the dribble, then being able to finish at the 10. Isaiah Moss has that kind of ability. I just don't want to see him settling into the role as just a jump shooter because I think he has a lot more to his game.
1: Yeah, and he has to bring that to the table. He has to get to the line. Uh, so we can get it into the bonus um yeah, he's got to do that. He absolutely has to do, but it's a pleasant surprise for me with a three point shot i I did not think he would be that good from three last year. There's no way in heck I thought he'd be you say twelve out of sixteen from you know uh three this year. I think he shot it pretty well in the the prime time league as well. again, the lights aren't as bright. these games don't count, but it's also live game action against supposedly, players that can play. Maybe we're just that good, Trent. How about that, huh? Why can't oh. we look at the positive? Maybe right. the Hawkeyes just are
0: that good. Wow. Look at Wolfgang going out there and saying they're going to beat everybody by 46 like they did uh, this European <laughs> Tour. Cook good. Kreener was good. Nicholas Baird did Nicholas Baird uh, things throughout his time out there. Uh, then we go to the guys that leave you scratching your head, including the starting point guard, Jordan Bohannon. Uh, interesting. Now, one game didn't play, only played a three of the four games still. He shoots six of 25 from the floor, four of 19 from three-point range. That's 21%. Also, just 10 assists against eight turnovers. A little shaky there for Bohannon.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I'm not, no, I totally agree with you. That's shaky, but I'm not worried about him. He showed it not just flashes. I mean, he was damn consistent last year, not just in the preseason or the, the games that are the non-con. He was actually a stud, and we should go back and look that up, a, a, like a seven-game span he had, and he shot what percent it was from three-point range. But, I mean, this guy has a big enough sample size that where we can say, you know what, if this was Garza's time, this was uh, Isaiah Moss's time. I'm not worried about him. His stroke is so sick. I know he only went one of six from three this last game. I believe he is the last guy I'm worried about his shot. It's just it's a beautiful thing. He also may have to. I noticed in that first game, and he made a couple of them. um, Shooting it real quick. I mean, off the dribble stuff, shooting it real quick, and he did make them. So I don't know. In that last game, is he getting? Is he starting to think a little too much of himself? You know, with the uh, everybody wants to be the Steph Curry now, off the dribble and in your face threes that you just shoot so fast. He doesn't need to be that, even though he can be that, and he's made him, and he's proven that he's made him. But he's got a big enough sample size that I am not worried about boying it at all. Um, yes, he is, he's the least of my worries, unless it's on defense, um, which he will definitely improve. Just only saw that streaming game one, and he was, he was trying real hard to stay in front of his guy. There was, I saw his head on a swivel looking to see where the cuts were coming from. Um, and he, again, effort is defense, and I saw the effort there.
0: That is a good thing, and it's it's still something that needs to be approved upon. There's no doubt. Uh, how about another one? Uh, before the trip, we heard that Brady Ellingson was hitting every shot for three straight weeks. Uh, must have hit him all before he left because he goes 2 of 15 from three-point range. Woof.
1: That's a little surprising because we talked uh, a few, couple weeks ago about him uh, coming in for Jock, getting more minutes, and he seemed, his efficiency seemed to go up, and he, Seem to be able to help the team out more when he was on the court more, which I don't understand why that would be. I mean, I understand why that would be. You get your lather going, you get into the game, uh, your hands are warm, they're not cold, they're not stiff. Um, Yeah, that worries me. Yeah, that does worry me more than a little bit. Um, And some of these lineups that we are going to be putting in there, it's going to be interesting to see how many three point shooters we have on the court. That's what will be so interesting to see what Fran is. If he goes with the matchups, uh, do we want to play more small ball at times with guys that can hit the three? Um, obviously, you got Bohen that can hit the three. You got Moss that's showing that he can hit the three. You've got uh, Bear who can hit the three. Uh, Wagner, absolutely not. Um, maybe Garza. I don't expect him to, to be able to hit the three-point this year. We'll see. Maybe he'll surprise me. But that would be absolutely phenomenal if we could add that to to the mix because we don't have – Nunjie, I guess, could shoot it. Um, he kind of had a down shooting uh, four game span there. Um, he probably underperformed from what our expectations were with watching the PTL. So it's good. It's good that he got to play against a higher, stiffer competition than the PTL. Um, but he'll step his step up his game a little bit. And I'm not worried about his confidence. He looks like a confident kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't shoot it real well in the PTL. Didn't shoot it well from behind the three-point line. Also over there, just 2 of 11. And as good as he was in the PTL, that was one thing that people were just kind of waiting for it to click out there. But Nunji, at the very least, probably going to see some minutes. So we talked about Garza. We talked about Nunji. There is another member of this recruiting class, though he's supposedly going to redshirt. Connor McCaffrey, Wolfgang, I want to see this kid out there on the floor. I I think we're in the same boat here. Led the team in assists, a 3-to-1 assist to turnover ratio, 15 assists against five turnovers, shot it well from the outside, just looks confident, controlled out there. In a team that has a question mark in the guard court, and especially a backup point guard, boy, I I would love to see Connor McCaffrey out there playing this year.
1: Yes, we are completely, 100% agreed on that. I think Fran McCaffrey has to go to the dad card and threaten to, to ground him if he does not play this year. Go to timeout, I don't know, take away his his, uh, video games, his iPad, his phone, whatever it has to be. I think the kid needs to play. Like I said last time, he's more athletic than I thought. He looks very confident with the ball in his hands. He's always looking down the court, which not everybody does. He is, I mean, I think he's a darn good player. He hit the three last year in high school at a good clip, maybe 40%, and then I think it was 80-something at the free-throw line. Um, Plus, he's smart. He's a coach's kid. Um, I know that's stereotype, whatever, but he just looks, you can tell he's a smart player, um, knows how to set up other people. He's not a selfish player at all. I don't know. is it, Are you talking to people that on the inside I haven't really asked questions? Is there any possibility that he plays this year, or is that, is that ship sailed? Uh, the,
0: the plan is out there that he is going to redshirt. I have not heard anything. It is just... Uh, we talked about it, if an injury hits, you he has to play. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about it. If an injury happens to the starting point guard, Jordan Bohannon, he has to play. We'll see. I'm still holding out hope, but that's all it is right now. It's just hope.
1: But he's. I, I agree with what you're seeing in him. I don't know if other people... So it was only one game that we got to see, right? Or did yes. I get to see two?
0: Nope, no, just the one game. You might have watched it twice. Just,
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I watched it twice. I only watched one game, but we saw enough clips from the other stuff to see. And I just, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. Um, I think he's got to play. And I think he's clearly, not clearly, he's better than Williams. Um, and like you said, if Mohanna were to ever go down, he's going to have to come and save his dad and play because I think he could do it. I don't, I don't see the bright lights bothering him that much. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And then the, I'm interested in your Pemsel um, opinion, because I, I am a fan of his. Do you? What kind of lineups would you like Pemsel and Cook in at the same time? Do you try to split them more? Do you, you bring in a Creener who can, who can do different things maybe than those two can? One being hit free throws, maybe even three-pointers. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be so fun to play with these, with these matchups, with these lineups. You know, I want to try to figure this out. Before the season, um, and then obviously you learn more as the season goes along, and you adjust, yeah. and you say, "Oh, wow, these guys can't play together." It's it's you know it's not a big deal, but I like to kind of first guess and not second guess. So I'm going to think about that for Friday and try to figure out which lineups I want in there. And then you need three point shooting in there. You know what I mean? You can't have just brutes in there that that uh, that push people around and are and are uh, tough and physical and mentally tough. And I get that. But you do have to have some three pointer shooters in there, and I feel confident. Like I said, with Bohannon, with um, with our Dugard Moss, and then with uh, Bear, Bear. Even though sometimes he goes from swishing it to air ball, and it, it's really weird. But <laughs> but uh, he does he does hit it and can hit it, and he's completely unafraid. So
0: yeah, his shooting ability, where he has come from, since uh, seeing him play at the state tournament as a senior at Bettendorf, and, and to what he is today, it's an incredible transformation that Nicholas Bear has gone through and developing into the player that he is. You know, he, when you look at lineup combinations, I, I think a thing that maybe hurt a little bit last year, Cook and Pemble when they play together, they do have similar skill sets. You know, they're, they're guys that need the ball on the block. They're guys that are junk guys, you know, that pick up offensive rebounds. They both have physicality to their game, all these different things. But I think more than that is I don't think they practice a ton playing together. During the, during the preseason, yeah, before they got into it. And then you had the injury to Tyler Cook. That led Pemsel to start all of a sudden seeing a lot of minutes, and then Fran and company said, oh, look, we really got something here with this freshman. So I don't think that those guys played quite as much together as maybe some of the other combinations. Now with the chance, if Pemsel's back healthy, if he's able to go through a you know, practice when they get to that in September, once you get to that point, if they're able to go out there and work a little bit more together, understand you know, the spacing that both of those guys need when they're on the floor at the same time, I think that's going to help both of those guys because I, I like them playing together, though there is some redundancy in their skill sets, but I don't think it's something that is going to be a benchmark, something where you're going to see those guys playing 12 to 15 minutes a game together. I don't think you're going to see that with Pencil and Cook.
1: But what scares me is... is... Some of the lineups will have almost no shooting. You'll have Bohannon at the one, you'll have Moss at the two, there's your shooting. If you go to Wagner at the three, which he right. played in yesterday's game, mm-hmm. and then if you go Cook Pemsell or Cook, I mean, you've only got two guys that you even have to worry about. Yep. Obviously, you can bring in Garza. They'll have to respect him. They'll have to respect Creener. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if, there's, there's, there's so many options. There's options there.
0: If, if you're playing Wagner at the three, and we both think that he can, you can get by with that at least at some points of the game. If you're doing that, that's when you're going to have to have Creener out there. You're going to have to have Nunji out there playing the four. It, those are the guys you're going to have to give out there to give you, it, like you said, a chance to spread the floor a little bit more. And you know, Maybe it's Dom Ewell if he's seen some minutes. Somebody that at least has shown an ability to shoot it from the outside because you're right. In, in college basketball today, you can't get by with just two guys that shoot it and four basically, or three post players out there on the floor. It's just not going to work.
1: No, and it won't. And, it, you know, I've, I've been sitting here saying for the past two months what a headache this is. It is. What a migraine it is. But it's also fun trying to think of, hmm, how would you do it? Where would you put this guy? How can we get three three-point shooters on the, on the court? And I'm not even counting Garzo. At some point, we may be able to count him as a three-point shooter. Can we count Nungi as a three-point shooter yet? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but there's, there's plenty. I mean, it's fun to think about. It's going to give him a headache. I know it is, but it's, it's going to be fun for him to figure out. And if you're a basketball junkie trying to figure out how the puzzle pieces work and how to put them in place, um, it's, it's fun. I think it's fun. And I'm going to sit, sit down the next couple of days and just write down lineups and see. This is, hmm, I think this is the lineup I like most. This these are the guys you bring off the bench. These are who I want playing with these people. These are who i want playing with other people. But again, you can't just, you know, Knicks, a lineup just like I said with uh with Wagner at the three. Like and then you bring in Kreiner, like you say. So there's your third three point shooter who I believe will be a third three a three point shooter, and then you have Garza at the center. So yes, it it could get very interesting. I'm finding it more fun actually now than migraine esque go, so. yeah. So anyway.
0: <laughs> well before we even get to basketball season, there is a another pretty important sport here with the Iowa Hawkeyes Wolfgang, and that is football. Should we take a break, come back, talk some Hawkeye football, what we saw at Saturday over at Kids Day and uh, overreact? You ready to
1: do that? Oh, I'm ready to overreact. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) We'll come back on the other side. More Wolfgang as we roll through Jimmy B and TC back here in a moment. We're back at it. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Wolfgang in tow on the Draft House 50 hotline. And Wolfgang... Uh, As we go through, and we've been talking a lot of basketball here during our first segment, it is time to get into football. Now, football, a football season that certainly is going to be an interesting one from the perspective of Iowa's schedule. First time seeing Ohio State in a number of years. Road games at Iowa State, at Michigan State, at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. That's a, a difficult slate you still have the home games against Penn State on there, Minnesota, then that aforementioned Ohio State game. And it's Wyoming to kick things off that comes in with the guy that might be the number one pick in the NFL draft. It is a difficult mm-hmm. schedule. I've been pretty steadfast in my 6-6, six six and and you've been loving to holler at me saying, what am I talking about? I'm telling you, this team, it's more scheduled than anything.
1: Yes, I totally agree with you. When you start looking at the Big Ten West crossovers, um, that you've been pointing out for a long time. Penn State, Ohio State, at Michigan State. I'm still not sure about Michigan State. I, I'm going to have to read more up on them, more updated stuff. Are they going to be able to have, from what I understand, they're liking some freshmen over there. I think oh, one of their wide receivers stepped up and liked them, and, he, and uh, D'Antonio mentioned a couple others. He doesn't seem like a guy that would throw uh, praise on a, a true freshman if, if he didn't think that that was actually going to work. So it looks like Iowa obviously has the, the hardest – most difficult schedule, uh, Wisconsin, Maryland. Wisconsin plays Maryland at Indiana and Michigan. Northwestern plays Penn State at Maryland and Michigan State. Yeah, see, so Iowa by far, by far has the, the toughest Big Ten West crossover games, and that's big, and that's what I get what you're understanding, what, what we're getting here. But, I mean, Vegas is Vegas even going to have us a favorite at Michigan State? So are we are we underdogs in all three of those Big Ten West crossover games?
0: Oh yeah, uh, we we saw the futures line that is out there for the Ohio State game. It's over two touchdowns. I think it's sixteen and a half, seventeen, right in that range.
1: Yeah, I never, I never, never expect I would beat Ohio State. I just put on that as a loss every time.
0: Bobby Bleepin Olive. That's all you have to say about that one. <laughs> uh, the Michigan State game would be the one though that you look at. It's going to be tight. I I personally think Michigan State's going to be better than a lot of people anticipate. I guess by the time we get to that game that, yeah, I will probably be an underdog there. So you're right. You're going to be an underdog in those three games. Are they an underdog in the game at Northwestern? It's going to be a tight line at the very least. We know they're a big underdog at Wisconsin. They're an underdog at Nebraska. They're an underdog in, that would be, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six games. They're an underdog
1: in. Isn't it amazing, though, Michigan State, one off year? How many years in a row were they freaking awesome? And now, like, everybody's completely forgotten about them. So, who knows? I mean, maybe they've got talent hidden that they didn't play last year, and they just had an off year. D'Antonio's done an unbelievable job over there, as much as it hates for me. I hate to say that, because we recruit a lot of the same guys, and we've heard some dirty recruiting tactics over there from him. Uh, so, But, yeah, I'm rooting for them. Obviously, I would need them to kind of stank. We need that win. That's one of those where we'll be a slight underdog. I'm guessing that Iowa's going to have to have to find a way to to uh, pull out. And they're going to have to stay healthy. And they're going to have to win the close games. I mean, as stupid as that sounds, Iowa—it comes down to that all the time. We don't blow people out. We, you know, we play our system. We've got our formula. We've got our theory on how to play Big Ten football in the state of Iowa. And quite frankly, for the most part, I agree with it. And uh, I love some of the talk yesterday with uh, the Big Ten Network guys talking about Brian Ferentz's, uh personality compared to Kirk's. Did you hear that, Trent?
0: No. Well, I was watching. What? What did? How did they put it?
1: I, something to the effect of, uh, "Yeah, they got to just obviously Brian uh, isn't as quite as um, politically correct, if you will, as <laughs> as Kirk is." And that's not the exact quote, but it was funny. We all knew what he meant from what I understand the offensive line coach the new uh, offensive line coach is a big time yeller uh we always knew parkers a big time yeller um kirk isn't isn't necessarily he he doesn't really do that um it's going to be interesting to see what the wide receivers coach does he may be forget about player on the team actually quarterback probably the most most important but he may be the most important in person on the team getting these wide receivers to step up sounded like a lot of these guys liked uh What's uh, Rebsin Howard and uh, let's see the guy's name? Uh, Leonardo. Sound like they like young. Uh, they talked to Kirk, and Kirk brought up the three true freshmen: um, kid from Mississippi, Cooper, and then uh, another guy that they like. Um, so who knows if, if this young kid steps up? Then we got Vandenberg. Am I talking to you into anything yet? Come on now.
0: A little bit,
1: as but as offensively, you. offensively, Trent. Let me ask you this: All Okay, right. now that we have a new offensive coordinator, it's it's not really a fair comparison, so it's kind of weird. But over the last two years, okay, we had CJB, we had Kittles, who's in the NFL, and who they cannot say enough good things about. We had the tight end the year before that was in the NFL. We got McCarron, who's over at Houston right now, who Wes Welker is his, uh, is his position coach, I believe. So I'm guessing he sees a little bit of McCarron in himself. You got LaShawn Daniels that just got 40 yards on 11 carries over at uh, the Patriots, they think he's going to at least make the practice squad. We had Wadley. We had Tavon Smith two years ago. We had Vandenberg. And we had our offensive line that is always good. What the bleep? Why can't we score more points? The NFL seems to think we've got some talent.
0: They do. You have a new offensive coordinator. And that is the hope. The hope that... It will be a return to what we saw before. It was, I believe it was Rob Howe, perhaps, that said You know, it did look a whole lot different than what they've seen before. Again, I'm just going on some highlights that I saw. It didn't look a ton different, but it does look like they're back utilizing a lot more deep-crossing routes, a little bit more of, of the rub routes that, of course, he got to know so well. Brian Ferentz did when he was a coach in New England. We're seeing more of that. The passing game in general, it it drove me absolutely crazy. And I know they're not going to be out there chucking around 40 times a game. I understand that. I understand how Kirk Ferentz wants to play football. But if there can just be some semblance of taking shots down the field, not everything passing-wise so compacted within the first 10 yards uh, of the line of scrimmage, I'm going to be incredibly happy just to see that. The question remains, how long is it going to take to have that thing up and running at a high level? Because you are going through a change.
1: But the the take from pretty much everybody I've heard, fans, message board people, Twitter people, whoever, insiders, were, was that nobody could get open. You know, at poor CJB. And I agree. I'm sitting there looking down. The, I don't know where you're going to throw it. But you have two NFL wide receivers that are probably going to hang on to NFL teams. You've got LaShawn who will hang on. You've got Wadley who will make it next year. you got Butler, a kid that we all love who may have an NFL career. We love Vandenberg. And an offensive line. What? kind of offense I just I just don't understand and two tight ends that are going to make the NFL I I just don't get it I don't understand what when you have that if we had no talent if we had wide receivers and we just said oh man they stick well the NFL likes them because McCarron's got a shot at it and uh, Tavon Smith did make the Colts last year for at least half the year I believe it was and Vandenberg and a guy with, that we all like so and then you watch CJB with the 49ers, and I thought he did pretty well. Did he do awesome? No, he didn't do awesome, but he did pretty darn good. I, I thought he was slinging it, man. He had better arm strength than I thought he, thought he had. And then that two point conversion was great. Uh, the busted touchdown, you know, he slid out of, slid out of the way of, uh, of the pass rush, which was great. Um, and hit the wide open receiver. It wasn't any, any great pass or anything like that, because it was broken coverage. But I mean, uh, whatever he was, 11 out of, 16 for 117 yards or whatever the heck it was, two touchdowns and the two-point conversion, which was really impressive. So I just look at some of the talent that we've had the last couple of years, and if we had Greg Davis this year, I would say, geez, no, nah, never mind. But we've got a new offensive coordinator, and we'll see. We'll see if we do have some new wrinkles. We'll see what kind of talent we have, because we did have NFL talent at the skill positions beyond what people are seeing. Trent, that's not what people have been saying. We did. We have had
0: If Iowa is going to be a contender and a contender for a division title, we know they're going to have to make their hay early on. You know, that's where you can't afford a loss to Wyoming or Iowa State. That's where you find a way to at least win one of the two against Penn State or at Michigan State. You beat Northwestern because the stretch that you go on after that, your last four games, Ohio State at Wisconsin, you get Purdue, and then at Nebraska on Black Friday. That is the portion of the schedule. If I was going to have a shot going into those last four games, this defense has to be salty because there are going to be growing pains offensively. I don't expect, even with that great running game, this team out there pounding everybody that they play into submission. If they can do that, if they can get to that opportunity, I think this defense has to be incredibly salty. The front seven is stacked up. We know all the linebackers are back. You couple that with a lot of returning talent at the defensive line positions and A.J. Epinesa continues to turn heads. Matt Nelson now playing inside. A ton of guys, a ton of depth on the defensive line. When I was at their best, it's that defensive line. They're going to have to be special. Why should I be so pumped up, though, about the back four?
1: The back four, yeah, especially the safeties. Um, we're going to have to wait and see on that. I don't know how the safeties are going to do. Uh, Taylor got beat out last year. Um the kid uh, filling in for Snyder had, what, didn't he have two or two, three interceptions in the yeah. quote-unquote spring game or whatever? I mean, he looked good, but, you know, it's tough to tell. We'll see. Um, or maybe the, the stone kid, the, the true freshman that's going to play, I think they're, they said on special teams at least. So uh, he looks put together. But the safety is a position where they don't care as much about athleticism as most people. They want you smart. You need to be a smart player, and if you're a smart player, you can play there if if you don't have the greatest forty or the greatest vertical leaper stuff. They will put you back there. Um, so yeah, I don't know about the safeties. I'm fairly comfortable with the cornerbacks. I think they look good. I'm kind of excited to see what they do there. You talking about the defensive line is very interesting. Do you hear him talking about Parker Hetty moving in to the inside at some points? I think he's 258 pounds. That's I mean, and I think that was just third down because they want to get you know a pass rush and yep. see if they can bother people like that. I think that's interesting. That's thinking outside the box, I think, stuff we haven't seen before. Um, You move Matt Nelson over to the middle to get A.J. in. Um, And, again, we don't want to put too much pressure on it because he's a freaking true freshman, but he's 270-ish, and he looks like a man already. He looks like a man already. So get him in there and keep guys fresh. Play A.J. You know, um, I I haven't seen enough of the backups to know. I know they've got a lot of – or Cedric Lattimore. I know everybody thinks he's got a lot of upside. Will he get it done? I don't know. I haven't seen Brady Reef. I don't know if he's any good. So it's it's tough for me to say. But we got to keep Budgeta healthy, I would say. if I've, Rob Howe did that article series. Did you see the most important players and your guys you don't want to get injured? Do you know where Budgeta? did you read that series? you got to be up know. there, right?
0: Uh-uh. I, I didn't see that from Rob. Is it a recent one or was it throughout the summer?
1: Oh, it was probably like three weeks ago. I can't remember where budget it was, but I, he's got to be close to up there because I read an article about he's basically teaching Matt Matt uh, Nelson, the inside, talking about leverage and hips and all that mm-hmm. stuff that uh, a lot of people don't know about, including myself, but he can teach him, um, and he's listening with all ears, and he's ready to go because he's freaking 6'8", 6'7", 6'8". That is weird for an interior defensive lineman. So they say he plays with good leverage. I'm not expert enough to know and watch um, and remember from last year, but everything I've heard from the coaches say that Matt has that. Then you bring in A.J. Epinesa, and you've got some backups that if, if they take the step up, that front seven could be, could be really good. I mean, there is not lost hope here, Trent, especially with the three linebackers. There is not lost hope. This could be fun. This could be one of the more fun seasons, Trent, because you're expecting six of six. So if we get better, I mean, those are the most fun seasons.
0: Yes, they are, and you know, two years ago, there weren't a whole lot of expectations to do what they did, but the schedule was a part of it. You know, I go back to 2009, and uh, I was doing a lot more sports talk then during that time. As the first time in this market, I started to do a lot in the sports talk realm, and I continue to bring up. And people at that time were talking about the schedule and the crossovers that they had, and I just said that was a really talented team. And are they going to go out there and win all those games? Eh, Probably not. Now, we know what happened. They all got off to the great start. They lost to Northwestern, lost to Ohio State. But they were able to go in and win the road games. A lot of people didn't think that they were going going to be able to. Even last year, look at Wisconsin. People say, oh, no chance. Against that schedule, against that gauntlet, they have Mm -hmm. no chance. Uh, They answered the bell there. You have an opportunity here. So there's nothing you can do about the schedule. You're going to play it. They're going to line up every Saturday. And then that last Friday... Of the regular season at Nebraska, and you're going to play a football game against the team on the other sideline. There's no excuses now. It, the schedule is what it is. Now it's not time for excuses. It's time to get better. This team, they have a chance. They have a chance to be better than I thought throughout the summer.
1: Yeah, just listen to some of these Big Ten Network guys, and I, I, I could not do what they do. I just, I understand why people get on them. They have, to, they can't really be honest. They're basically chugging uh, Kool Aid or. Or beer bong and Kool Aid for every single program they go and talk about, which gets kind of old. You know what I mean? You got to have at least an opinion. I just couldn't do that. I don't understand how you do that. You can at least point out positions that of need. You don't have to say this X player sucks, Y player stinks, but you could say, okay, this is what he's going to improve on. If he doesn't, this is going to be a problem. I just get sick of a little bit of the uh, Kool Aid drinking over there and uh, shilling for the Big Ten. Let's get let's get some real opinions from you guys. Obviously, you know your stuff. Um, sometimes I wonder if they're actually watching the practice or have already done their homework and just know what they're going to say. Seems like that. Seems like they have their talking points and they're just ready, ready to go. Which it's hard to watch some of that. You've gone to the spring games and the practices and you're okay. watching. Well, what do I want to watch? Well, I want to watch over here. Well, I want to watch over there. I don't know. You know, what do they do? They put revs in over here watching the running backs. They put uh, Denardo over there watching the wide receivers. You know, so you can't really get full opinions from everybody. But then they talk to the coaches and the coaches, you know. Will maybe open up a little bit more to them, obviously, because they're being uh, um, they, they're Kool Aid drinkers, obviously. But you know, I'm looking at the schedule, and I I understand what you're saying, six and six, and no, you're not crazy picking six and six. Um, a lot of people are picking six and six, but this is one of those seasons. If you look at it, there's excitement with the new offensive coordinator. There's excitement with um, the potential, and I know the P word can get you fired, and sure. and I'm I'm not a fan of the P word either, but. There is – I'm looking at the two deeps. I mean, if so, it, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I think there's potential here. There
0: is. You're a believer.
1: I like that. I'm a, a believer. I'm a believer.
0: A believer with our man, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, Hawkeye checking in here with us. We'll take you up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. We're talking some Hawkeye football and a little bit more here. Uh, Wolfgang, I, I found that article you're talking about, Rob Howe, his indispensable Hawkeyes, Josie Jewel at number one, Akron Wadley, too, Sean Welsh, Matt Vandenberg, James Daniels. There is your top five. Keith mm. Duncan at number eight. We haven't talked about kicker. And Miguel Racinos, who uh, had a couple opportunities <laughs> last year, he knocked them all through. He was 11 for 11. Duncan struggled a little bit on Saturday. Do we have a kicker controversy? Wait, he did struggle? I thought they
1: both were darn good.
0: Now, Duncan ended up, I think, 7 of 11, something like that.
1: Oh, I thought, I thought he was better than that. Okay. Yeah. Cause Racino was killing him. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely. And, and what Kirk said, it's sometimes, you know, you make a field goal. I mean, they all count. Just make it, baby. I don't care. Like I was talking about with basketball. I don't care how your shot looks. Just make it. And I don't care if it's a field goal that's just making it. But Kirk was saying, yeah, those suckers were, those suckers were going in. They were going in in the middle and they were going in far. So who knows? Maybe this Rosino kid takes over the job. Um, and obviously, we know Iowa needs a place kicker every year because we don't exactly get into the end zone a time. So, if that guy can end up being a stud, or does he? I'm guessing what they'll do is they'll split. Um, one of them will do the long um, field goals, the other one will do the shorts. That's, I'm guessing that's what will happen, at least a few games in.
0: Well, I'm going to guess if uh, the long field goals will go to Racino, not so much Duncan.
1: Yeah, because yeah, Racino hit a 55 yarder. Um, Somebody said he, I think he hit another one that was like 50, and somebody said it could have been in from 60 or something like that. I don't know. But that's good. That is good because Iowa special teams, again, everything needs to go Iowa's way in order to win. Injuries are not as deep as most teams, even though I'm looking at them too deep and I kind of like it. Um, but that, everybody's got to say injury-free, and those top guys that he brought up, and I'm surprised. they still haven't earned budget. Did you even see his name?
0: Yeah, he was at number six on that list. Oh,
1: number six, okay. Yeah. Man, I, I think I might put him right now. I put him ahead, field goal kicker. Yeah, I, I think if he's gone, <laughs> if he's gone, because he's the guy, he's the leader that everybody's looking to. He's, you know, I think we're that would be a big loss in my opinion if we lose him. So
0: I'm I'm there um, with you. Yeah, a budget a a healthy budget is going to go a long way this season. Seeing what they're going to turn out to be.
1: What What do you see Parker Hesse doing in on the inside? I'm interested. 258 pound guy. Maybe on third downs they do that. Is he, you know, is he even two fifty eight now, or has he lost weight since they've been practicing so much? It's going to be interesting to see a two hundred fifty eight pound guy on the inside.
0: They they've been able to do that in the past. You know, they did that with Roth a little bit uh, in his career. They can get away with it, and it's going to be for passing downs only. I mean, that's that's when you're going to see Hesse out there. So I'm not too concerned about that personally. I would love them. I think the the Raider package has maybe kind of run its course. I think there was was a certain set of guys that they had at that time that it made sense. Plus, it was something different. I don't know how effective it was getting to the quarterback. And if Hesse can hold up in there and give you 8 to 10 snaps a game, third and long, third and seven plus, at the defensive tackle position, you can bring Epinesa in, you can have Anthony Nelson on the other side, I think you do it. I think you go that route, but yeah, holding up long term, I don't think that's anything that they're going to be looking at. Anything that that you really have to concern, be concerned about.
1: Okay, I'm kind of looking at W and Ling the Big Ten race. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on record. Okay. And Then I will. Uh, I'll have my. Uh, not even tell you. I, we got to go better in six and six though. We got. Mm, we'll see. But yeah, I agree with you on this Big Ten West crossover stuff. I'm just looking at it. It's unfair. the The advantages that we're going to get in basketball this year, finally we're not getting in football, which which totally stinks. But like you say, you never know from year to year. I was one of the guys looking at Wisconsin's schedule last year going, no way. Mm-hmm. But not every team, not the prognosticators are not always right. Sometimes teams that are that have been parentally good don't end up being good. Like Michigan State last year, they absolutely went down the toilet. You know, you would a lot of teams in the Big Ten would have considered that a loss at the time. No, they ended up absolutely stinking. Penn State, a stud team this year, that's what they're saying. They probably should be a stud team, Ohio State will be. Michigan, I'm interested in your opinion on Michigan, though, because of one returning starter, and I think uh, the Big Ten Network guys went there and said, yeah, they're not going to have a problem on defense, the talent's there. Um, do you have an opinion on them or no?
0: No, I, I like them, and returning starters for Michigan is a little bit different. And I've heard you know, Steve Daves, the, the big Michigan homer, talk about his Wolverines, but he brings up a good point. There's plenty of guys on that team that, A, Saw plenty of playing time. And it's different as opposed to you know, a guy that played 80, 85, 90% of the snaps. They showed a whole bunch of depth. And as you go through and you look at this team, I think they got a real chance. Florida, I don't think there's any doubt they're going to beat them to kick off the season down in Arlington. They get going there. Now, where are the losses? Until they get halfway through the schedule. This is what Michigan plays. Again, pretty easy schedule early on. After that Florida game, Cincinnati at home.
1: No, Wait a second, why are you picking Florida for a win because of all those those guys that are sitting out? I saw they lost a stud-wide receiver that was suspended. Why are you counting it back so much as a win?
0: Because McElvain can't coach an offense. Outside of when they had uh, the guy that's now West Virginia run around juicing out there, outside of that, they haven't been able to do a whole lot offensively. I, I, I think right away Michigan is going to shut that team down. I don't see them scoring. And, and can Wilton, Spate, and company put up? 20-plus points? Yeah, I think so. I think they win this game. I think they win it, I don't want to say handily, and I thought that even before the suspensions they were going to win that game. I definitely like Michigan in that first spot.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, Michigan's a team I'm struggling with, you know, because I like returning starters and stuff like that. But also, it's not just about returning starters. It's actually who you have playing. Yeah. If you've Ray- got guys that, you know what I mean? If Ray- Ray Sean
0: that- Gary's coming back. He was the number one player coming out of high school two years ago, played a ton as a true freshman last year, had four tackles for loss, 27 tackles. Oh well, He's not a quote-unquote returning starter. The guy's a exactly. stunt. All right? There's there's not many guys running around like that. They have a ton of depth coming back, ton of guys that can make plays, they're not returning starters, but I'm not concerned. They have recruited well enough; they're going to be fine.
1: And Nebraska's Big Ten West crossovers—they didn't get any help either. Rutgers, okay, they got that win. Okay, that's kind of our Michigan State. Hopefully, Michigan State is Oof. down again. Oof. Hopefully, but then they got Ohio State and then at Penn State. So that's fairly comparable there, I would say. But then the the other three, obviously Minnesota, they've got Maryland, Michigan State, and at Michigan. That's 2-1 there, I would say. Well, it depends on Michigan State. Like I said, I'm going to have to do my homework on them. I'm not, I'm not counting D'Antonio because he had one bad year. That's Everybody's like, it's unbelievable how fast programs can fall in people's eyes just with one loss or one bad one bad year. I mean, they've had a program going on now for a long time that's been a stud program and kind of took over the state of Michigan there for a while.
0: Yeah, what was it, five out of six years they won double-digit games? You don't oh. You don't see that happen. And then to fall apart like they did last year in terms of record. But the another thing that I think Michigan State is going to bounce back this year and be a team that at least wins seven games is last year, remember back to you know the game that they played against Ohio State. They had the Buckeyes on the ropes. They lost that game by a single point. You go through and look at those losses. Lost in overtime at Indiana. Yeah, that was a surprise, no doubt, still. You go through and you look at the schedule, they weren't that far away. Even the game against Michigan, remember when they played Michigan, Michigan came in absolutely on a roll. I think the 3-9 and nine is an anomaly. I think they're back to at least a bowl-eligible team, maybe a little bit more. I, I believe in Michigan State. I believe in D'Antonio turning it around and getting them back on the right side of bowl eligibility.
1: And They're very Iowa-like. They're, you know, cr- you know, smash-mouth football, and that's what uh, a couple of the Big Ten Never guys were saying there's Iowa was by far the hardest-hitting practice that they've seen. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise you. That doesn't surprise anyone. That's what we do. And if the other quote that I liked, I think from Jerry Di- DiNardo, who's been doing this how many years now? How many, how many years has he been going to these practices and seeing it? But anyway, his yeah. quote was something to the effect of, this is the best-looking 1-105 to 105 team that I've seen out of Iowa since I've been doing this. In other words, they look like football players all the way down the line. Does that, that mean, mean they-, they are? No, it doesn't mean that. But, I mean, that's coming from a guy that's seen these players for how many years? So that that's good coming from him, whether you like him, love him, or think he stinks. But I'll <laughs> take that compliment any day.
0: Well, we're out of time, my man. You have a good one. We'll talk again later in the week. And, uh, well, always plenty to talk about. We'll dig a little deeper into the Big Ten. We'll talk some Big 12 next time, too. You get ready, all
1: right? Absolutely. Sounds good to me, man. Thanks.
0: That's Wolfgang Hawkeye checking in, and that'll do it for the show today. Jimmy B and TC will get Brinson back in the fold tomorrow at noon, your only live and local sports show over the lunch hour. It's Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Thanks for listening in, everybody. We'll talk again tomorrow at noon.